0: Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of Meanwhile, our occasional checkup show as part of the FW Presents here on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, the irredeemable Meanwhile Shag. Along with me today are some of my bestest friends, plus Rob. Today's panelists for this Meanwhile episode include Rob concurrently Kelly. Did you use the word
1: checkup because we have a doctor in the house?
0: (laughs) Well played. Max simultaneously Romero.
2: What year is it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Elsewhere Ange. Hello from Boston. And Steve at Stately Givens Manor. Greetings. Rob, why don't you tell the folks at home what we're doing here? Well,
1: this is the fourth installment of our Meanwhile series, part of the FW Presents feed, where we just kind of do, as Shag said, a check-in. Just saying what we're all (laughs) doing during this very strange pandemic of, uh, you know, enforced lockdown pandemic. Now, of course, we're coming out of it, thankfully. And so I thought it would be interesting to kind of see where a bunch of us are, what we've been doing uh, since we did the last one of these, which was September of 2020. Thankfully, nothing that exciting happened since then. We don't have to talk about anything like that. But uh, yeah, the world's been pretty stable since September. We're finally coming out of this horrible lockdown pandemic thing, at least for most of us. Uh, <laughs> I would like to see what, what some of us are doing. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about what we've been watching, reading, listening to, and you know, whatever else we want to talk
0: about. Awesome. I cannot wait to get into that. But before we do, we do need to take a second to thank our sponsors. Folks, this episode of FW Presents is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. What'd you bring, Rob? I brought the Not Brand Ech
1: Complete Collection <laughs> Trade Paperback. and of course, was the humor series from Marvel and Why I'm Particularly talking about this will become uh, obvious later on in the show. Uh, this collects all of the great uh, 1960s Marvel humor series. It reprints Nut Deck 1 through 13, uh, a later edition from 2017, number 14, plus some humor stories, some Spider-Man Annual, Daredevil Annual, FF Annual, Sergeant Fury Annual, because of course everybody looks for laugh in the Sergeant Fury Annual, <laughs> <laughs> Annual, and the <laughs> Avengers Annual. Uh, most of the art was by the legendary Marie Severin. The cover is by Marie Severin, 480 pages. The normal price is $39.99 in stock. Trade's price is $23.19. You save 42%. Uh, if anybody haven't read this series or seen any of these stories, Marvel just, nothing was sacred in the days of Marvel. They would make fun of their own characters. And in fact, they had this ongoing humor series, not brand Eck. And so you can get all of it in this book.
0: You know, I did a, a really fun discussion with Noah Tarnow about What The, which was 19. Uh, 1990- 90s parody comic from Marvel, and in there we just commented how, like, Not Brain Act is, is kind of forgotten about. Like, people don't talk about it like they used to. Because when I was growing up, it was held in, like, reverence of just being hysterical. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like the funny strips from Mad Magazine. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad yeah. they collected that. I brought a collection called Star Trek Stardate, collected uh, collection hardcover, Volume 1. It's kind of a ridiculously long title. It's like the early years. The gist of what this is, though, is a bunch of Star Trek comics collected that are about the Pike era of Star Trek. So you've got Star Trek Crew, issues one through five, which was by John Byrne, which is all about number one. There's a, uh, the, the second in charge there you've got star trek alien spotlight on vulcans and then you've got star trek early voyages one through six which is by the uh the paramount comics that were published by marvel the beloved paramount comics from the 90s that i adored so much so you've got writers like dan abnip john byrne you've got lots of other writers got artists like patrick Zercher, and again john byrne and other people and the interesting thing about this it was sort of curated by scott and david tipton who are two popular star trek comic writers nowadays Uh, by the way, Scott Tipton, past guest of the JLI podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, so it's, it's a really cool collection full of awesome Pike stuff. And if you're like me, I am super jazzed about Captain Pike right now, which I'll talk about in my part. Uh, but this collection is 288 pages, full color. Format is hardcover. It normally retails for $49.99, but you can get it for 30% off. So it's only $34.99. It's a lot of great comics. It will help you get excited potentially for the new Strange New World series in development. So check out these and all your other favorites over at InStockTrades.com. We also need to take a chance to thank you folks at home. This episode is sponsored in part with your help from Patreon because running the Fire and Water Podcast Network with so many shows and hosting services and all these various things, it requires a lot of money. And you guys really stepped up to help us pay the bills, and we really appreciate it. So if you're enjoying shows like this, the best way to support us is by visiting our Patreon. What's that site, Rob? Patreon.com slash FWpodcasts. While you're there, please consider supporting the network. Uh, certain sponsorship tiers you get mentioned on your favorite Firewater Water shows, just like these folks. Our thanks to David A. Scudierrez and Gord Tolton. So again, uh, Patreon for the folks at home one more time, Rob.
1: Patreon.com slash I should just record him and just have
0: it play it over and over and over. Anyway. All right, Rob, let's do this, man. Let's have some, let's, let's try and find some joy in, uh, in these crazy times. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, tall
1: order. Uh, but just, yeah, as, as I mentioned, uh, we last time did this in September of 2020. So, and so I'm sort of fascinated what well, we've all been sort of consuming because, we are just now coming out of uh, enforced lockdowns across the country. Uh, so just, you know, we're now going to be able to go out and do things like regular people or as close to what any of us get. But I was sort of interested <laughs> in what, you know, obviously we've been reading things, watching things, listening things. So we're going to start with that. So Shag, <laughs> let's start off with Dr. Ange. So Ange, What's, let's start with the reading. What good comics or books have you been enjoying in the last year or so? Uh,
3: well, I'm one of those guys that still is a um, head to the comic book store on Wednesday that never really stopped. Um, and so I continue to consume a lot of stuff, uh, mostly from D.C. that I'll tell you, um, many of which isn't good. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> some of the New Directions post-Future State aren't bad. Um, and uh, in particular, I'll say the Wonder Woman book right now is pretty good um there's an image book called department of truth um which is about if enough people believe something uh history can be rewritten so it's a lot about conspiracy theories and people consuming things on the internet that like form their beliefs and then things can change
0: um, <laughs> that is wow. such a timely and dangerous yes, topic <laughs> yes
3: and so like in the first issue it's like we almost have enough people believing that the earth is flat to make the earth actually flat um and i'll, I'll tell you shag it, it kind of echoes a little bit of Shade the Changing Man because it Ooh. deals with a lot of conspiracy theories that are, like, in um, American history. Um, so it sort of feels like early Shade in some ways. It's a, it's a pretty good book. Takes um, my interest. Yeah, yeah, Um, uh, but the biggest thing that I'll say I've been doing is um, uh, on my blog, uh, even though it's a Supergirl site, I have been doing a very extended deep dive into the DC character Mark Shaw, who of course turned out to be (laughs) Leviathan, uh, in Event Leviathan, and um, uh, I was not expecting him to be Leviathan, and so after that uh, miniseries, I said, let me go back and reread all of this guy's uh, comic book appearances to see, had I read them, um, would I be able to pick up the clues? So it's you know starts with first issue special number five. Mm-hmm. It goes into Steve Englehart, classic Justice League, um, works its way through his own title in the post-crisis um, world um, into the Kate Spencer Manhunter book. Um, uh, and really, he even has one new 52 appearance. And so I would say since probably October... Hard to believe, but that was near the last time you had one of these shows. Every Wednesday has been Leviathan Wednesday on the site, where I look at some uh, past history of Mark Shaw and try to tie it all together.
0: If I can just because because Ange isn't selling this properly, folks. Dr. Ange became the face of fandom trying to figure out leviathan to the point where even brian michael bendis the guy writing the comic took notice of dr Ange's research and publications and studies of this leviathan thing so if there was anyone qualified on the internet to figure out who leviathan was going to be it was going to be Ange. and then when the final reveal was this mark Shaw through was right out of left field so uh <laughs> Ange, you, you deserve so much props for what you did for all those months
3: yeah, you know, I mean, it was, I have to say, like, there are some exercises that I do on the blog, and that in particular was one uh, that I really liked. I thought for sure it was going to be Ted Kord, but I had um, backup theories for Ray Palmer and Adam Strange and even, like, the new 52 Superman who, like, was supposedly, like, dead and absorbed by the Convergence Superman. And uh, and so it was a lot of fun to try to say, like, this clue might mean this, uh, uh, but uh, Mark Shaw came out of left field, you're right.
1: <laughs> Inge, was the store that you went to was it open it was continually open through the pandemic so um, it shut down i would say um probably for something like uh
3: maybe a month i i think during that like pencils down period so there was a there was a period uh of time where uh obviously uh I wasn't able to get there, but then it slowly opened up and it was all of these crazy rules. Like we well, have to take your temperature before you come into the comic book store. And only five people can be in the store at the same time. And, um, yeah,
1: well, that's natural for a comic book store. right?
0: right.
3: <laughs> so, uh, uh, but, but even then it was very interesting. Like a, a good friend of mine, um, you know, had his comic book shipped to him monthly. So he would be like, Oh, I had like a box just arrived. It's all of mine. And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to risk death to get my weekly. Omics. <laughs> you know, addiction is a terrible thing. So, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, probably I would say like maybe a month they were closed. Uh, when I don't think any of the comic book um, companies were shipping, but once comic book companies started to ship, they they opened up albeit
1: with these weird rules. Now, did you find yourself reading? Oh, I will ask this of, of everybody. You all find yourself reading more during the during the pandemic, and that you just were not going out as much. So you had more free time? Do you find yourself just reading more comics or more books and things like that?
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll say from a comic book point of view, I have never been a fan of digital comics. Um, I'm not a big fan of reading off the tablet. I like the book in my hand. But I had gotten the DC, whatever it's called now. Um, I had gotten DC Infinite? Was, yeah, DC of Infinite. And uh, and so now, uh, I mean, I read all of the Kate Spencer Manhunter um, series off of my tablet, right? I read all of the '70s Black Lightning and, and uh, off of my tablet. And so I am reading more, and a lot of it is stuff like uh, you'll love this too, Shag. Um, somebody posted a panel from like the Blue Devil Annual where oh, Black so Orchid, right? Where Black Orchid is a character, and mm-hmm. and I like Black Orchid, and I was like, oh, I've like never hard to believe like i i didn't pick up many blue devil comics uh when it came out and so oh. so uh, it's been i've been reading more and a lot more um like just spur of the moment stuff uh now that
0: uh i have access to a lot more stuff awesome that's fantastic hey those blue devils man. now the coloring's not that good on dc infinite for blue devil but the stories themselves are awesome steve uh, what have you been reading
4: well um as you guys know i'm an english teacher so i'm going to give you fair warning uh some of my reading skews to the uh the literary Ooh. Uh, and, uh, yeah well shut up <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but i do have some stuff that is sufficiently nerdy here so i you know i i i i, I do belong here i am going to keep my my nerd card here um, <laughs> but i'll start off with uh i've started uh, i i have a, an audible account and i listen to Audiobooks all the time, whether I'm like working out or in the car or something. And I definitely did a lot of that over um, the last year or so. And right now I'm listening to, uh, from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back. Um, mm. And they, they already had a previous book that was based on the first film, A, a New Hope. Uh, but it's basically, they uh, a bunch of writers have been hired uh, to write tangential stories about stuff that's going on around the main events of whichever Star Wars film is the focus. Um, and this one's been interesting. They have a, a little few too many stories, uh, side stories about the, uh, oh my God, the Ugnaughts uh, from, uh, <laughs> <laughs> from uh, Cloud City. I'm like, okay, I don't need another story about them. Okay. But, but it, there's been some uh, really cool things. Uh, there's one a uh, story that's I'm reading right now where it has, like, a, you know that moment in uh, Empire where Han Solo tells C-3PO to go talk to the Falcon to find out what's wrong with the hyperdrive? Well, there's a short story that actually is that conversation that C-3PO has with the Falcon.
0: That's and awesome. It's quite amusing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It reminds me of uh, the old tales from the Java's Palace and tales yes. from the Cantina and stuff. Yeah, yeah, similar idea. These are, that sounds awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm, are yeah. you enjoying it though?
4: I am enjoying it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I think I liked the first book better. Uh, it was focusing on A New Hope, uh, but this one has been uh, uh, has been had a lot of entertainment value, Very nice and distracting. Um, now going into the more English teacher literary mode here, I'm, I'm reading a book called Disgrace by J.M. Coetzee. Uh, it's set in South Africa, um, and it's about a, a professor who is uh, caught up in, it's pre the Me Too movement, but he finds himself kind of having to question, getting some of his behavior questioned uh, towards, his, uh, towards a female student. Um, mm. And uh, it's a Nobel Prize winning novel, very good, very well written. Very dark and depressing. I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, <laughs> to keep reading it, but it is one. Of, it is a rather intense novel. Uh, I'm also and currently in the midst of reading um, a nonfiction book called Furious Hours by uh, a woman named Casey Sepp, and it's a it's a book about. Uh, I teach To Kill a Mockingbird, which was written by Harper Lee, and Harper Lee uh, famously never published another book. In her life though I don't count go uh, set a watchman because <laughs> that was the rough draft of to kill a Mockingbird despite what the money-grabbing publishers would tell you mm. um, and uh, she did attempt to write another book about this murderous uh, african-american preacher in Alabama who was basically killing like setting up like uh, insurance uh, policies for like various friends and family, and then killing them and getting the insurance money. And it was crazy because everyone knew he was doing this, but no one could prove it. And the insurance companies were left and right losing in court, and they had to keep paying it. And so Harper Lee, at one point, this preacher is murdered at a funeral. And it was one of those situations where... He's killed in front of 200 people, but nobody saw a thing, that type of thing. And uh, Harper Lee is, uh, she started to research this case and was taking notes and wanted to publish a book, but but then put it aside. This writer, Casey Sepp, learned about it and she started to, she initially wrote an article about it, I believe for the New Yorker. And then saw the book potential. And so she started actually researching the case and also simultaneously researching Harper Lee's experience researching it. So there's like a twofold story going on here, which I find fascinating. I know it's totally like English literature nerd (laughs) going on here, but I find that absolutely fascinating. Now for more uh, comic book nerdy stuff, um, uh, this kind of, I got two things that kind of overlap with uh, Dr. Ange here i 'm right now I, I just finished reading uh, the Manhunter Collection by Archie Goodwin and Walt Simonson the uh, oh. mm. uh, so yeah, i yeah. i 'd always heard about it. It was one of those things that I, i'd always i' was always seen pages or panels from it, and I know the story, but i 'd never actually read it um, so when it was collected uh, a few months back or it came out in like a new collection, I picked it up and it was like money. <coughs> Uh, Take a look at this. And it's phenomenal. It really holds up, uh, despite being like a 40, almost a 40 year old story. Um, I'm also reading uh, or finished reading Batman Universe by Brian Michael Bendis. And uh, I, I think I was it you who posted about it?
3: Yeah. 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 I, I just finished reading that
4: myself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I picked it up on a Lark. I was reading it through the DC infinite app and I think I had heard about it or I saw something about it. I was like, Oh, let me take a look at it. And it's a six issue mini series. And I expected just to read one issue and put it down and go back to it. That's kind of how I do my reading. Like I read a little bit and let it digest. I had to sit down and read all six issues in one sitting. And, uh, so I, it was, it's a, I know that B- Bendis is a uh, 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 very uh, polarizing writer to some, uh, but this is a well-written story. It's fun. It really felt like I was in very much in the vein of like um, uh, a Batman the Animated Series episode. Like it had that kind of hmm. feel to it. In that it was a dark Batman. It wasn't like the the Adam West Batman, but it also isn't your dark, brooding like um, like sociopathic Batman. Um, and the art is really, like, it's just uh, just wonderful looking. Uh, the guy, I can't remember his first name, but his last name is, I think, Darrington? Yeah, Nick Darrington. Okay. And uh, it's its just looks. I had never, um, you know, this is how out of touch I can be sometimes with comics. i He was not someone I was overly familiar with until I read this story. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, phenomenal looking. This is really great. And uh, finally, I've got on my to-read list a book that a teacher buddy of mine has forced upon me uh he's he's a he's a social studies teacher so he's a little crazy um <laughs> i like there's a
0: rivalry between the english department and the social studies department. they're crazy over here those english people they use all the big words all the time
4: <laughs> that actually is something that my buddy jordan that's a socialist teacher has said you english teachers you use all them big words you know he's got like a a typical Sussex county and southern accent uh but uh <laughs> but he he said you got to read this book it's so amazing and uh, his name is jordan and we call Like he gets so excited and uh, into things, and he starts talking about it, and he won't shut up. We call it getting caught in a tornado when he goes (laughs) on that kind of stuff. Um, But uh, the book is The Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, It's uh, a book series. I'm not, I wasn't overly familiar with it, but he's like, you got to read this, and so I'm going to give that a try. The funny thing is, is that I have it on my on the. um, uh, on my uh, uh living room table uh and he has a cat uh like I have a cat and when he I was at his house and when he gave it to me and his cat was kind of like brushing against it you know like cats will do well I brought it home put it on my on my uh living room table my cat has proceeded to I have other books and other things on it he will go over to that book and push it off the table like no this does not belong. <laughs> And I keep telling him, I said, you know, dude, uh, Flash, my cat, doesn't want me to read this book. I'll have to return it to you. No, I'm going <laughs> to.
0: Flash has spoken.
4: Yes, exactly. But, uh, yeah, so that's where I, I have. I like to have a hodgepodge of different reading materials. Uh, I mean, I do a daily. I, have a, I, I am I'm a member of the uh, poets or the I subscribe to the poets.org uh a website where they send you a daily poem. So I, I also uh, have those things that I go through as well.
0: I have just, I, ad- I've just added Batman Universe to my queue on DC Universe. Thank you for the right suggestion.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, I was just going to add, um, especially for the crew uh, on this talk, it really has the feel of, like, the brave and the bold, because mm-hmm. each issue he's kind of, like, teaming up with somebody different. Yes. Um, and it really has a classic feel to it. This isn't like the almighty Batman. You're exactly Mm. right, Steve. He's not super brooding and really dark. It's like a fun adventure. If you like Bendis, there's all of that like quippy dialogue back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's fun. I highly recommend it. It is fun,
4: like brave. If you're talking about Brave and Bold, the the cartoon series or
3: the comic, uh, I would say both. I mean, okay. like the the like the Jim apparo you know, Brave and Bold from like the 70s and yeah. 80s. It yeah. kind of has that sort of classic comic story
2: feel to it.
4: Yeah, it's not as like tongue in cheek or uh, like uh, self aware as uh, the Brave and the Bold cartoon series is. But I mean, but it's fun. It's like I'm yeah. like, oh my god, this is a Batman. Who doesn't like like scare the crap out of people here? He's actually like a you know, he's a serious character, but he's not someone who I'm like, you need you need mental help. Like you need to see, <laughs> see a psychiatrist. Something
1: see a medication. Does he team up with Bob Haney and Jim Opero at some point?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> then I'm on it, board. I'm answers on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve, you mentioned about that you, you said something like you read bits and pieces. Do you read mm-hmm. I'm curious for all of you when you read books, do you read a whole book beginning to end before you start something else or do you jump around?
4: I will jump around uh, simply because I I mean, I have a lot of diverse interests when it comes to my reading and my movie viewing. Um, and I can, I mean, I'm very good at focusing on so- something. So it's not like I have to, like, I get bored with something, have to jump to it. But I, it's like an, almost like an impatience, like, okay, I want to read this, but I also want to read this, you know? So mm-hmm. I will, like, I, I usually have, like, I'll read a chapter of this book and then I'll read a chapter of that book, or I'll read an issue of this and then go on to something else, you know? I also have to kind of pace myself. I'm really bad about, uh, if I, when I get into something, I will dive into it and become consumed with it especially if i have to watch myself with binge watching things uh, because i will sit down and just get lost in it like i remember the first uh season of Daredevil came out on netflix i watched that thing in a weekend i'm like Did oh really gosh. go through all 50 wow. yeah yeah wow. It tells you at the time how little of a life i had <laughs> But uh,
0: well that uh, particular series wouldn't be healthy to do that with anyway man. yeah
4: yeah yeah <laughs> but uh so it's um so I have to kind of, like, make sure that I am pacing myself. And also in the midst of this pandemic, I don't want to get to a point where I can't find anything to watch or read because I've already read or watched anything that is of interest to me. So it's kind of like, don't eat all of the chocolate cake at once. Save a little
2: bit of it.
1: Later. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Max, uh, other than the human fly, of course, uh, what have you been reading the, <laughs> the last years or so?
2: Well, first of all, let me say I got to get Steve on the mirror factory (laughs) because that sounds like a a conversation. Um, (laughs) And uh, I also just want to get to Rob's question about um, reading, because I know for myself, like maybe God, at least like the first six months, at least I couldn't read anything. I mean, my brain was just so fried. And I tried, and I just could not concentrate. But I couldn't concentrate on anything. I don't even know how I fed myself.
0: And it was It,
2: it was, was actually Sa-
0: Sandy did it, actually. Yeah, thank you goodness. You don't remember it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Probably. She was as bad as I was. But, uh, but yeah, but once I um, kind of got a grip on myself, I guess, and on things, uh, yeah, I mean, reading was um, like it's always been. It was, it was just kind of been a refuge. And I felt like I had to get back into the habit of it. Like I had to almost, it was like a muscle I hadn't used. And, um and so at first I was kind of like, okay, I'm having trouble. But then once I, you know, kind of like what Steve was saying, once I would get into a book, that was it. And, you know, that was, that was what I was reading. And I'm just, I've just been all over the map <laughs> on that. Uh I've, uh, I've got a good chunk of the, of the destroyer series. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but it's like uh,
0: Remo Williams.
2: Remo Williams, yeah, it's based on. (laughs) Uh, So I've uh, I've started on that, and it's it is pretty fun. (laughs) It's it's completely like Shaq irredeemable, but it is (laughs) but it is a lot of fun. Uh, What else have I? I've I've been just all over the place. Uh, I've been trying to read um, books from uh, authors from different cultures and and, uh, different places in the world. Uh, So I've been reading a lot of Luis Alberto Urrea, uh, who wrote uh, The House of Broken Angels. Uh, I read My Sister the Serial Killer, which was a really cool book by an author out of uh, Africa. Uh, I finally finished The Razor's Edge, so glad hey. about yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, if, if you need yeah. to read another copy, Rob's got a couple laying around. <laughs> I, but I enjoyed it. I don't. I, I mean, I read. I read it in chunks at first, you know, because we we talked about it on on Mirror Factory and right. and. Uh, uh, and I, you know, you know how it is with a book, you, you kind of get distracted and you put it down and you pick it up again. And finally I just said, oh, I'm going to just kind of read this damn thing. And so <laughs> I, I read it and it, yeah, it was, I can completely see why Rob is, is into this book. It's, it's a, it's a good one. It's really, it's, it's worth uh, talking about. Nice. Uh, what else? I've also been reading, um, crime fiction, uh, the good pulpy stuff from like the forties and stuff that's, uh, supposed to be like that. Uh, so I've been reading stuff, uh, and of course, the first thing I did was read uh, stuff that was based in Chicago, since that's where I'm at. Nice. Um, and that was that was nice because one was about a cab driver driving around. And I'm like, I know that street. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did it seem
4: authentic, though? That, that's always one thing that I always am interested to hear people who mm-hmm. are familiar with an area. So did this writer seem to know Chicago?
2: Yeah, okay. yeah, he did. Uh, and it was an era from before I was here. Cabrini Green was still around uh, oh. when, when he wrote this. Uh, and if you don't know Cabrini Green, it's the neighborhood from um, Candyman. Candyman, Ooh. yes, thank you. That's what I was trying to think of. Uh, and yeah, it sounds like it was pretty bad. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it, it sounds. You know, it, it gets there. There is a divide between North and South uh, Chicago, and uh, yeah, that's pretty well represented. And that that came across as authentic. So yeah, it was. It, and it was nice to see that in. The kind of fiction that a lot of people, uh, that could just be very easily throw away kind of stuff. So it was it was nice to have that in there. Um, something that maybe wasn't quite as realistic is uh, I read the War for the Planet of the Apes prequel. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, because I really, I really dig uh, Planet of the Apes, and the books are actually pretty well written. Uh, and I finally got around to reading Between the World and Me by Ed Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh, who is currently writing Captain... Well, I just finished up Captain America, I believe. Uh, And so that's what I've been reading, uh, you know, between two covers kind of thing. Um, I've also been reading, and I keep talking about this on Facebook, and, and, you know, it hasn't really gained any traction, but I've been reading a lot of Ahoy Comics. Um, It's a a new company, but they've been putting out really... they've They've been putting out... Titles that remind me of why I started reading comics in the first place. Um, they have one that is a space adventure, but all the characters are uh, humanoid cats. Um, that's that's, called, that's Captain Ginger. Uh, oh, that's they, uh,
0: that's by the folks that used to do Power Pack, right?
2: Yes, yes, yeah. Um, there is uh, one called The Wrong Earth, which is basically what if gritty Batman and uh, six, and Batman sixty six switched worlds. Uh, so that's, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, and my favorite is Billionaire Island, which was a, uh, a limited series written by, um, I do I was just talking about him. Oh, Mark Russell. Uh, oh, and from all, Wonder really, Twins. Yeah. From, from Wonder Twins, uh, from, um, Flintstones, uh, all that stuff. And it's very much in that same tone. It's really good. And, uh, when I read Billionaire Island, actually, I was in the perfect spot to, I oh, you know, just hate billionaires even more. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so this really kind of, uh, that really uh, scratched that itch. But I'm before excited. you leave
0: Ahoy Comics, uh, mm-hmm. I actually have one of their titles on my, like, watch list. I'm waiting for it to go on sale. I'm going to pick it up. Hashtag Danger mm-hmm. uh, by Tom Payer and Chris, I can never say his name wrong, Chris Uh Giaruso. Um, Giaruso. That's the one. Anyway, this thing looks so fun, and I'm just—I've got it on my wish list, and I'm just waiting for it to go on sale. And bam, I'm going to pull the trigger. It
2: just looks so good. You know, I—I I cannot say enough good things about Ahoy, uh, Ahoy and Violent. And uh Ahoy and Valiant are the are the books that I've been, are the companies that I've been reading most lately. Hmm. Uh, you know, there is some DC stuff, and there is some Marvel stuff, of course, but those are the comics that I've just been enjoying. You know, just Pure enjoyment, and and uh, you know it's it's nice, it's nice. That, I mean, they have that, Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Blood, which is a horror anthology. Which is you know, uh, you know who's doing horror anthologies anymore? So it, it's it's good stuff. It's good that's stuff. Awesome. Like it that's why
0: we do it, man, for the
2: joy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Milestone is coming back. You know, mm-hmm. are they, are they launched this month, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm reading a John Carter anthology. I'm reading, uh, I'm starting, I'm going to get started on the Solar Ponds books by August Derleth, which are uh, like an alternative Sherlock Holmes, Shirley Jackson, of course, I'm always reading Shirley Jackson. Um, Oh, uh, we only find them when they're dead from boom uh, is also a really good comic. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful to look at the covers alone are amazing. Um, And, I actually just went to a comic book store for the first time a couple of weeks ago. I want to say because I, my shop was open, but I didn't feel comfortable doing it, mostly because I would have to take a bus or the train to get there, and that was a that was a big no for me. <laughs> um, but uh, I finally went and uh, I picked up the Thoranco History of Comics Volume Two, uh, nice. which is the one that has the big section on uh, the Quality Comics uh, and Plastic Man in particular. Cool. And so, yeah, I was super excited to find that, and for a really good price so um so yeah i mean i I have a lot on my on my plate, but you know kind of like what steve was saying i I usually read a couple of books at a time, and i 'll kind of switch back and forth, but i 'm also always reading comics and i'm always reading um news and magazine articles, and so i'm you know 'm sure like most of you guys i'm always reading.
4: Max, i got a question. I'm, I'm sorry this is going to be a backtrack a little bit, but uh, which uh nehisi Coates book did you say that you're reading, or have read? Uh, that was Between the World and Me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got that one um, uh, somewhere in my collection in my classroom, but I, mm-hmm. I'm also, uh, one of my books that I've got here at home that I, that I want to read this summer is uh, The Water Dancer mm-hmm. uh, by Coates, and i um I'm 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 gonna have to get into discussion now, but I would love to talk to you about his writing. If you have a yeah. any particular opinion about that, about his uh, style and whatnot.
2: Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, because yeah. I I know uh, Between the World and Me is basically an extended essay. Yeah. Uh, but the way it's constructed uh, is really well done, and I think works very well because it's a it's basically a letter to his son. Yeah. Uh, But it's a very angry letter to his son, (laughs) and and a very protective letter to his son. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I had been putting it off because I thought it was going to be a little heavier than I wanted to deal with at the time. Uh, But I'm glad I read it.
0: I mean, it's it's
2: uh, it's important work. Yeah.
0: If only Max had some show about books where you guys could talk about this kind of stuff. If only. <laughs> if in a perfect world, that would be
4: what would be, we would have.
0: But to be completely on the level, if it interrupts with the production of the Human Flycast, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> just, I just want to make that clear. I think Rob will back me up on that.
1: Absolutely. No, I, nothing must interrupt the flow of the Human
2: Flycast. <laughs> I, I will put it on record here. Everything is, is, in my mind, in my planning, everything is coming back on a regular schedule there. All right. You're on the hook now, sir. I'm on the hook
1: that part's not being edited out of the show.
2: (laughs) But the rest
0: of it is
1: speaking, speaking of what's being edited out. Shag,
0: what did you read? saw that segue coming a mile away (laughs) (laughs) Uh, from the grumpy old man department. I I am not reading anything current from comic books nowadays, but I'm reading lots of comics, just the old stuff. Uh, And I am a huge, huge fan of the digital stuff. I love reading on my tablet. So uh, I've been diving into the DC infinite app uh, a lot lately. Uh, The, the jeff johns jsa era i, I caught the bug again I, I do this every once in a while I, I can't tell you how many times i've restarted the jeff johns run this time i've gotten about 30 issues in so i'm still going i haven't petered off yet i'm really and, and that includes reading all like the just society you know returns the uh the all-star you know, golden age 80 page giant all that kind of stuff so I'm about 30 pages or 30 issues in into the hawkman stuff right now absolutely loving it over on the marvel unlimited app uh one of my other fallbacks is i start I go back to the Uncanny X-Men, like the, the old Claremont run, and I just start from 94 and work my way forward. Right now I'm on the burn, getting to the burn years right now. So so freaking good. You just forget how good those are. But what really what really caught my attention on comics, I don't know if you guys remember, we did an episode about uh, the What If or Elseworlds stories a while back. We just kind of, on a whim, we did a fun, uh, it, was a, it was a Patreon-fueled episode. But we did one on What Ifs and Elseworlds. And in there, I kind of sidetracked and read one of the What Ifs about Spider-Girl which was uh, just kind of a one-off about the daughter of Peter Parker and Mary Jane, which got spun off into its own series in this whole M2 initiative in the, in the mid-2000s. Well, if you guys don't know the history, this is a comic that just couldn't die. They just kept putting out more, and it went on for Tom DeFalco. Uh, and if I think – oh, maybe I'm getting that wrong. I think that's right. Anyway, the series just kept going forever. And so I, I read the What If, and I'm like, that was pretty good. I have now read 70 comics from this whole Spider-Girl and M2 universe. I've read the ne- the, ne- the whatever, Avengers stuff, the J2 stuff, the Dark Devil. I mean, I am loving this ridiculous, corny alternate future universe they created. It is so much stinking fun. Am <laughs> I the only one who's ever read of these M2 comics? I have not read them. Well, I, I knew that one. I just thought, <laughs> maybe someone else, thought maybe yeah. someone else said, okay, crickets. Oh, well. I've, I've read I, some of
3: it. I've read
2: some of it. It's, yeah. it's fun. It's good stuff
3: it's funny i've heard so much great stuff about that mayday parker book but um it's just hard to know where to start right uh right so uh and i don't have the marvel app
0: so. okay gotcha so for me it was i just i read the what if and then i just started in spider girl and next thing i knew i was like i was googling the what you know the wikipedia page just go, what's the reading order for m2 because i am in because it's <laughs> just fun i i Again, I can't use any other word and, and, than that. And that's the way comics should be for me. So I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, what else
4: could you want out of a comic, anyway? I mean, right! If, if it's exactly. It's fun. What else is there? You know?
0: It's fun. And when it ends, I immediately want to jump into the next issue. That tells me there's something there that's gotten me hooked. Mm-hmm. Um, on the novel side, I am I am not one of those smart, eyebrow people that can rattle off a bunch of intelligent writers like you guys can. Uh, instead, I live pretty much in the media tie-in world of novels. So I've been reading a lot of uh, – I've read some Doctor Who novels, uh, some of this Time Lord Victoria stuff. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows who Mark Gatiss is. Uh, he, he's pretty well-known over in England. He was on Sherlock. He's, he's one of the guys in the League of Gentlemen. Um, Pretty big name. Uh, Anyway, uh, he wrote a Doctor Who book for the second Doctor called the Roundheads, which was a historical story. It was phenomenal. I expected nothing out of it and absolutely loved it. On the Star Wars front, I don't know how much Star Wars you're reading, Steve, but I I Mm -hmm. just read uh, Light of the Jedi, which is the the launch of the new section of uh, Star Wars books. Have you read that one?
4: No, I haven't, but I remember the picture you posted of it with your feet.
0: <laughs> For those of you who don't know, every picture you ever see with my feet—I don't have a foot fetish. It's just to irritate Rob. That is solely why I include my feet in every picture. Anyway, I don't comment uh, no, right. on it anymore because I don't want to feed into it. <laughs> Too late if that ship has sailed. But I,
4: I, I'll tell you the truth, Shag. My whenever I'm scrolling through my Facebook feed, I, I don't feel complete until I've seen a picture of whatever your latest reading material is and your bare feet.
0: Yep, there it is. My, my
4: feed is not complete without without a shot of that.
0: I'm here to serve. Um, <laughs> so, Light of the Jedi was pretty good. Uh, Ryan Daly did an episode of Give Me the Star Wars, uh, talking about it, and that inspired me to read it. And it's it's the launch of a new era of Star Wars novels. And Star Wars novels have always really excited me. I, I you know I, back when. Heir to the Empire came out and all that. I really got into all those. So this was a – I read it. It was decent. It takes place about 200 years before a New Hope, and it's pretty good. It's a good first start. So I'm interested to see. I'll probably read a couple more of those. Then I also dipped back and finished up my reading of the X-Wing novels by Michael Stackpole uh, that he wrote back in the 90s. I love those books so much. I hadn't read them since they first got published. I just finished the first four by him. Uh, I was reading the comic books alongside with those because those are on the Marvel app now. The next one I need to read is I Jedi. So – um Firefly, if you're a Firefly fan, I, a fan I, know, I know the Joss Whedon verse is not exactly on the top of everyone's favorite list right now, but there's no denying the Firefly is a damn good show. Mm-hmm. And they just started writing some original novels based on it. So the one I read was the first one called Big Damn Hero. And Andy Leyland had recommended it to me. It legitimately feels like an episode of the show. It feels like, like we're in between the season finale of the first season and the movie. It feels like it exactly fits in there. These people have captured the dialogue, the sound of the characters. It, it was great. I absolutely loved it. So I, I can't recommend the Firefly books enough if you enjoy the series. And finally, the thing that's really got me all fired up are the Star Trek books. I love the old Star Trek novels. Uh, I've been reading the Diane Carey books lately. I just finished Dreadnought. Uh, now I'm reading Battle Stations. And I, the, the Kirk era of Star Trek, just in, in novel form specifically, just always sparks my imagination. I'm, I'm always about my Star Trek right now. My wife's tired of hearing me walk around the house whistling themes of Star Trek. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of those right now and enjoying it. And to answer your question, Rob, when I was younger, I would usually like I took pride in like reading four books at a time. Um, and now I, I don't do that because I feel like whenever I do that, I neglect one of the books and they sit for too long. So for the most part nowadays, I try to stay in one book at a time simply because I know that one will excite me more and the other one will just get left behind for months. So I, I typically mm-hmm. just try and stick to one book at a time.
1: Yeah, I tend to read one thing and finish it and then move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if whatever – I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, like I mix comics in with books, but if it's book, I do one all the way through and then to the next thing. So, uh, Max, you mentioned the, the Razor's Edge. Now, of course, everyone knows – you know Max and I did that episode of Mirror Factory about The Razor's Edge that I collect editions of that book. So I'm always on the lookout for another edition of that book that I don't own. And I was was searching somewhere and I saw some edition I never had with a cover I'd never saw before. And I was like, and it's a picture of a woman, which makes no sense because that's not the main character. But I was like, I don't care. I don't, I don't own it. And it was like $2 and 50 cents. Oh, wow. And I'm like, that's a So I bought it sight unseen. So then the, I get the envelope, right. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, I I just see the envelope. And I'm like, this is a little too thin. To be the Razor's Edge, oh. what can it be? Uh-oh. So I opened it up, <laughs> and what I found was, is it—it's the book, but it is a teacher's edition of the book to teach young readers. Oh wow! It's basically, oh. a Cliff Notes version of the <laughs> Razor's Edge. Oh wow! I oh, wow. had no—yeah, I had no idea it existed. So it like it goes through the book in chunks, and is like, okay, oh. here's the main plot points, and then okay, here's what you discuss with your students. This, 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 this. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. I had no idea that that even existed. Razor's Edge would not be a book I would have thought, even though I know it's been in print continuously for 80 years. It's just not something I would think would have been taught in schools. That
2: is really cool. Surprising I, to me. It I, does, love it, like it I, does I love stuff like that. I love that ephemera around, uh, you know, a book or a movie yeah, or something. You know, yeah, just something totally. weird that you would never even think about. <laughs> yeah,
4: totally. you know, it does. I have heard of it getting taught in schools. I've never uh, been in a situation where I've, I've – uh, like a school where it's getting taught. I, I've, I've heard of it. It also tends to get put on the banned list quite a bit. It's one of those books that uh, – for some reason, uh, it's found to be objectionable, and uh, uh, it, it's I, – huh. I know it's, sometimes that will happen.
1: It does um, feature one word that is used very casually at one point that sure, we yeah. straight up do not say nowadays. Yeah,
4: mm. yeah. But you, you, it's – there's ways of getting around um, like the, i like I teach to kill a mockingbird, and the n word is used in that novel right, quite sure. prolifically, so I have to approach the the use of language in that novel uh very gingerly um, but uh yeah i, I, I that 's an interesting i w- I would love to take a look at that sometime just from as an educator perspective on it just to see like i don't do you know when was it published uh sometime in the 70s i believe okay so it's probably woefully outdated i'm sure it is i'm sure it is uh, well cool that, that sounds really awesome i would i would
1: love to just take a look at
4: that sometime if you don't yeah. mind
1: someone like pawing through your collection oh of, uh... no no problem at all yeah we we uh we put in shelves here in my studio of Uh, and they are the collection. The razor—it was actually my fiance Kelly's idea, Mm -hmm. uh, because I just had them all in a in a trunk, and she—we bought these IKEA shelves and mounted them to the wall, and so all of my razor's edges are now on the wall. Oh, that's awesome! And it looks really neat. Like Mm -hmm. I have to say, every time I look at it, I'm like, oh my god, (laughs) it's really really cool. So I—I so I I have not yet read the Razor's Edge again, even though I tried to. (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, I read a book called uh, "In the Blink of an Eye," which is written by Walter Murch, the renowned film editor. Uh, and he write it's 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 more like a how-to manual. I think if like if you're an editor, you get more out of it. But I did find it interesting talking about film editing because that, to me, is one of the most fascinating parts of making movies. And I will plug uh, a future episode of Fade Out will feature uh, me and my guest will be a, a working film editor. So that ought mm-hmm. to be a really fun episode. And then but the book that I read th- that really is more akin to what, you know, kind of geeks are interested in and was really fascinating was this book called True Believer The Rise and Fall of Stan Lee by Abraham oh, wow. Reese. Oh, yeah.
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, have any of you
2: guys read this book? I haven't, but I've heard a lot about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I haven't, but I've heard a lot about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, man, uh, (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, it's the kind of thing where I read a bunch of reviews and the reviews are very polarized as is everything in in our world nowadays. People are like, oh, it's a hit piece on Stan Lee. And then other people are like, it's the best book ever. It's the only book about (laughs) Stan Lee you ever need to read, yada, 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 yada. And I couldn't put it down. I mean, it's about 400 pages and I, I read it in like a week which is fast for me, and because I'm doing 77 podcasts. And, but, but nevertheless, it was really fascinating. Now, I will say, the book presupposes that you know what Stan Lee did in the world of comics that was so revolutionary. It doesn't get into all that. It kind of glances at it, you know, the occasional reference of, oh, he, created, he co-created the Black Panther, and then there's the Galactus saga. and yet, But he really doesn't get into the weeds of that stuff. Because he's assuming you know who Stan Lee is. You know why he's important. Um, that said, it does present a, a grimmer view of him than he ever sold him. Obviously, he sold and, and that the world kind of knew about. And it does call into question very heavily whether he really had much of anything to do with the creation. Of all of those legendary characters talking about, you know, the, the the collaborations with Kirby and Ditko and the Marvel method and all this other kind of stuff. But the stuff that I found really fascinating and it's a nice uh, companion piece to the Sean Howell's Marvel, the Untold Saga. Have any of you guys read that?
0: I've gotten through about half of it and just uh, it, was, it didn't lose my interest or anything. I just got busy. and didn't finish it, but it's great. It was a great first half. Of oh, man.
1: You guys any of you guys read that? It's oh, all my no, stack. No. Yeah. Oh man, that book. Oh boy, is that fascinating. And the reason I found it, that and this so fascinating is that it gets to the part, it, the Stan Lee the second half of the book is about an era where I was alive. You know, when he's talking about the stuff from the 1950s, I'm like, okay, you know, I can only, I only have my, his perspective. But once he starts talking about the stuff where I was around and I was from the outside, and reading about how he would be like in 1986, he's like, "Hey, everybody, a Spider-Man movie next year," and then he would get, you know, I remember reading that in bullpen bulletins, and then like it would never happen. And you're like, "What happened? What? Where did the Spider-Man movie come? You know?" And then he would get into all that. And I can remember during the eras of me going to Comic Cons and when Stan was still like an active presence, he seemed to be like putting his name onto like a lot of crap, you know, like mm-hmm. it was like Stan Lee's stripperella, and I'm like, "What?" Is, like, what is he mm-hmm. doing? He's Stan Lee. Like, what is he associating? And they talk about these, these companies that he got involved with where it was like he really wanted to remain relevant. And he unfortunately opened himself up to a lot of really shady characters. And it's kind of sad. I mean, I got to admit, it it doesn't, you know, it doesn't leave you real warm and fuzzy. But then, of course, it gets into up with the Marvel movies and everything else. But it's if you love Stan Lee and you want to kind of believe he was everything that he sold himself to be, you probably won't like this book. (laughs) But if you're willing to say, look, the world of comics is a tough way to make a living. uh, Just in general, even if you're as successful as Stan Lee and you're willing to appreciate the sort of warts and all view of it. This is to me, this was a really fascinating read. And uh, you know, I, I, I really devoured it and it made me, it's kind of like the Marvel movies, it made me, despite the grim view of some of the chapters, it's made me want to go back and reread a lot of the classic Marvel stuff because as everybody knows I mean, from the network, I was always more of a DC kid and I love Marvels too, but DC was more my thing. But now I'm, I'm really like, wow, I really kind of want to read some of these weird old series, like say the human fly. <laughs> and going back and finding all this weird stuff that they were doing. So it's I found it to be a really great read, true belief. Mm,
0: that sounds fascinating. A, a little a heartbreaking, perhaps, if you're a big uh, Stan Lee. If you're a, a Stan Lee Stan. Yeah, but, uh, a
1: little bit. A little bit, you know. it's, just, it's... Well, you, you know,
4: it's... Um, we, we, we we tend to forget, like, I don't want to go off too much on this so that we've got other things to talk about, but uh, it, you, just, you brought up an interesting issue, Rob. Like, uh, we tend to forget that these really ultra famous iconic people are still people you know they're still very very much uh, coming with all their own uh, uh, faults and uh, issues and problems and things and and so uh, and I know that sometimes we have a hard time accepting you know people we've been idolizing uh, all our lives like oh what do you mean that this person actually had a, a dark side or wasn't always a nice person or did things like that were kind of questionable, you know, but oh, yeah. I, so I always appreciate that. I always appreciate when we get that kind of that, that look at a person, you know,
1: I, I will say this. I, again, I don't want to go in too far about the book. because We want to talk about other things, but I will say the book to me, the book doesn't so much present Stan as like, Oh, there's, he had a dark side, although he did like anybody does, mm-hmm. but like, it's less that. And it's more about that. The man, if you if you only go by his persona, of what you knew of him, which of course were in bullpen bulletins and his public appearances, to him life was like rolling off a log. Like everything yeah. was just charmed, and you see that he strived for a lot that he did not achieve, and that always bugged him. Like he wanted to be in the movies, and <laughs> the Hollywood just was not interested. You know, and it was yeah. like you know you would most of us, of course, you would say, "My God, anyone who." could go through life saying i was involved however much you want to credit him i was involved in the creation of some of the most iconic characters in the history of published literature isn't that enough and for him it was like no no it was not enough like you know he he wanted to be in the movies it was like man you co-created again however you want to phrase that spider-man and he's like well yeah but you know you're like what? Well, what? But you know, like isn't that enough? <laughs> so it's stuff like that. It's just sort of amazing. And that, speaking of the Marvel movies, like we're kind of talking about what we're watching. And Angie, I want to start with you. I before we talk about what m- things we've been watching, if there's anything we want to talk about, I want to, have, I want to ask this question of everybody: Is movie theaters are now ramping back up, and movies are ramping back up in a big way? Where no, like I'm just sort of curious, where are you all on how comfortable you are about going back to see a movie in the theater, so Angel, let me start with you like what are you are you ready to do that, or are you going to hold on? Oh, um uh, not only am I ready, uh, I've done it <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
3: yeah. um, so i I feel uh you know in uh, up here in Massachusetts, the governor um said that we are no longer in a state of emergency. Um, there is a theater up here that's like an art house theater that also shows classic movies. So it's one of my favorite movie theaters to go to. I've seen a bunch of my favorite movies on the big screen for the first time uh, the last couple of years. Um, And they just started to open up. So the first thing that theater did, which I thought was great, was they said, you can rent out our theater. We will let you um, bring 20 people in. We will socially distance you guys like mad. Um, but you can rent the theater. And so one of my friends rented the theater and I sure saw, saw um, the courier with Benedict Cumberbatch probably about uh, three weeks ago. Um, so you can imagine there were like 12 people in a movie theater. right? <laughs> and this is like all like, these are like, Hey, these are all work friends. We all know that we're vaccinated, but they have literally taped off a bunch of seats. And so we're like strewn about this place super far apart, but it was still great to just be there. Um, and then they've opened up more and they've started to show some classic movies so just like 2 weeks ago i saw for the first time on the big screen 2001 oh uh, wow and, and the the place was was they were like it's 50% capacity but they didn't have seats taped off so it was like all like the theater was half full
0: all in the middle
3: right uh, uh, <laughs> okay yeah uh, but um but i feel like uh i'm kind of ready uh you know there are a bunch of movies that are coming out that i very much want to see on the big screen like i am a huge fan of the dune series of books um and so i i'm i'm hoping i'll be able to see um the upcoming dune on the big screen uh i don't know if i'll go as willy nilly um uh because i think even up here even though it's like not a state of emergency and they say if you're fully vaccinated don't wear a mask i think they're like well, some people are wearing a mask and some people look at you funny if you're not wearing a mask and, and I'm not wearing a mask. Maybe I should be wearing a mask for their sake. And so there is this like social, plus I think everybody's just used to people wearing masks. Um, it, it, there's this awkward feeling a little bit, but, um, but I'm pumped for theaters to be opening up. So um, I could talk about stuff I have watched, but if you if you want to go around about what everybody else is doing, uh, I'm like, I can't wait. Um, you know, <laughs> like the next Suicide Squad movie looks like it's going to be a hoot. I want to see that on the big screen, you know, Um, and to see that end sequence of 2001, which I've only seen on television, um, uh, unfold in front of my eyes on the big screen as I'm smacked up in the middle of the theater. I mean, that was just unreal. Um, Spoilers, man. (laughs) All I said was uh,
0: the ending of that movie as it unfolds.
2: Just messing.
0: (laughs) So, Rob, uh, do you want to go around or do you want to yeah
1: yeah, yeah, max? How about you? Are you ready to get back to the movie theaters
2: you know my my spirit says yes, everything else is telling me no <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hard you know because we we've basically been living under this uh this cloud of paranoia for so long it's it's hard to let let that go as we're recording this tomorrow as we're recording this. Chicago is going to officially be open tomorrow. There are, all the restrictions are being dropped. Uh, all the businesses can have as many people in their, in their place as they want. Um, you know, so it's, it's like the pandemic is over in Chicago uh, starting tomorrow. And, um, you know, just, just past experience so far has made me very um, leery of that. Because there there have been instances in the past year where things were uh, relaxed and things were saying everything's fine, and then it would just get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily see that happening. Uh, and luckily, my wife and I are both fully vaccinated. And, um, you know, we should be safe, theoretically. But it you know you you know how it is you walk around and you see people who aren't wearing masks who you kind of think should be wearing masks in in certain <laughs> situations and they're you know and that kind of makes you look askance i would love to be able to go to the movies i don't know if i see myself going to a theater this year as much as i would like to because there are some movies that i would absolutely love to see you know like i would have loved to have seen godzilla vs. kong on on the big <laughs> screen i mean mm-hmm. it's it's the, it, we we saw it on on streaming and it was you know as dumb as you would expect it to be. But that probably (laughs) really looked great on a big screen. But yeah, I think we're just going to, uh, we're probably going to wait a little longer.
4: Uh, You know, I want to go back to the theaters, but I haven't felt a burning desire to do that. Um, And it's not from like any, like fear of the pandemic. Um, I mean, I do have my concerns just like anybody, any rational human being would. Uh, But um, my... I've gotten so used to over over the years because I live in an area where I don't have a lot of access to, like, art house theaters. I mean, I have, like, the, the big cineplexes near me that only show, like, the big movies that come through. Um, and so I, I have to travel to Philly or up to Wilmington. But if if I want to go to a theater that's going to be showing something... Because I'm a big movie fan, a big movie buff, and so I want to – there's a lot of things that don't come my way that I end up watching through streaming anyway. So this wasn't a big change for me necessarily because I was only going to the movie theaters to see, like, the big movies. Like, my best friend and I, we get together to go see whatever DC film is coming out. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah well. <laughs> actually you know he's he's been like uh my, my his, his name is Scott and he's also a teacher he's a science teacher, so he is sane unlike <laughs> the social studies teachers uh, but he um uh he's he is a he knows comics uh but he's not really a big comics fan, so he's kind of like coming at the movies with a fresh face when we go see them so or like a fresh eyes i mean i I mean to say and uh so it, he it tends like I'll walk out of the movie like angry about something, but he'll like like bring me down (laughs) because he'll he'll talk me off the ledge. Um because he's like, well, you know, I thought about this and whatever. So his outsider's perspective has always been good. Um but I have uh going back to actually being in theaters, I did go to uh see a movie though a few months back. Um there was a movie theater that opened um about a new one that opened about a uh, 30 minutes uh, drive north of me in a, in a town called Milford. And it's a, uh, a really nice theater, but they opened like they were set to open right before the pandemic hit. Um, like this new theater, brand new place. And I think they delayed their opening and then obviously because everything was shut down, but then they were able to open at one point and start showing movies uh and they kind of have been limping along this whole time um and i at the time i wanted to see the film the father starring anthony hopkins and it was at the time i wanted to go see it which is right before the academy awards it wasn't available on any streaming format i couldn't even rent it on like amazon prime uh but it was showing at this theater so I was like, all right, let me, you know, I'm, I'm feeling safe. I'll go at a time when there's not going to be many people. And, of course, this, because it's such a small film, I walked in, I'm the only person in the theater.
0: <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> I'm sitting there
4: watching, it, and they're probably cussing. Like, who is this jerk coming to make us play this film, this one film for, you know, him? But, um, I, you know, and I saw that film. And it wasn't. and It's not a film that you need to see on the big screen, but I was so powerfully moved by the film but i'm glad i saw it and was able to go into like the award season kind of informed about how powerful this film is so um i mean it's an amazing performance from anthony hopkins oh my god it's uh it's,
1: the oscar-winning performance
4: yes yeah and deservedly so like it's uh, I, have, I don't know if any of you have seen it but um he plays an uh a man suffering from alzheimer's uh dementia and he um the film very much puts you in his world, his perspective. So you are often getting as confused about things as he is because your actors will show up and they're playing like different characters at different times or you have uh, different actresses playing his daughter uh, because that's how he is seeing it. That's how it's happening for him. Um, And so you have to go from seeing the scene, you have to orient yourself uh, to the film, to what's going on in the film, and it's it's a brilliant movie. Um, so I'm glad. I, and that's uh, that was the last film that I've actually seen in the theater uh, because I, like I said, I haven't felt the uh, strong need to go see a film in the theater. Um, and I, I probably will go see uh, like any kind of like a, the bigger films. Like if I have some buddies who want to go see a film, I I will go. Like I feel safe enough in going, but I have, like I said, I haven't got that strong need to do so.
2: I'm sorry. Just to build off that real quick, I think I I I, I, uh, I agree I agree with Steven on a on a certain point. It's part of what it is is that I miss going to the movies, but I, it's not so much that I, there is a movie I particularly want to see, as much as I like the ritual of going to a movie, and that's what I miss.
0: Mm. Sure. There's a distinct difference. Yeah. I used to manage movie theaters, so I completely understand uh what you're talking about. The the ritual of going to the movie versus what you actually see on the screen can be a completely different experience. Uh Rob, you asked for mine. Um I can tell you, Max, from experience, that yes, Godzilla versus Kong is definitely meant to be seen on the big screen. <laughs> uh <laughs> we do not have HBO Max in my house. Um uh, and, and so a couple weeks ago my daughter went and spent the night at a friend's house and my wife and I said, Wait a minute, we we could have a date. What what do people do on dates nowadays? <laughs> so we're like, <laughs> we could go to a movie, I guess. And one of our local theaters, this is probably about two, three weeks ago. One of our local theaters uh, advertises the social distancing thing. So we looked into it. It was amazing. It was it was one of, I, online. Like I bought our tickets. And then instantly, the minute I bought our tickets, all the seats around us, like two blocks, seats of two all the way around us were immediately blocked off. Like no one could buy those tickets all of a sudden, which was pretty cool so yeah, um it's called the shag filter that the uh, people are... <laughs> oh it's not pandemic oh okay I, that makes a lot more sense <laughs> you pay extra um, but it's worth it to that. <laughs> so we, we went and saw godzilla versus kong in the theater we wore our masks and sort of like you guys were describing everyone's kind of shifty-eyed looking at each other are you gonna wear your mask i don't know are you gonna wear your mask kind of thing so we all wore our masks though except when we're you know munching on food or whatever and it was a great experience i mean yes it's a big jump dumb giant movie but Dang, it's meant to be seen on the screen when my butt vibrates when a building falls over or whatever. That's, that's the way that movie's meant to be seen. Um, I am planning to go back to the theater for Black Widow. Uh, I'm planning to go back to the theater for Suicide Squad. And I, I, there's a trailer that's really caught my interest. The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. It just looks <laughs> stupidly fun. And I'm like, okay, I, I could maybe go back for that one. There's <laughs> a, a little local place that's uh, an actual video rental store here in town. It uh, specializes in DVD, VCR rentals, old schlock films. Like, Rob, you'd love this place. Wow. And,
1: uh, yeah, sounds like I would.
0: You really would, and they have built in um on the back side of it a, a little mini theater it 's got like i don't know twelve or fifteen seats it's just got one of these you know projectors that you can you know whatever and my buddies and i' we're, we've all made plans pretty soon I and mean, it's just going to be us who've all been vaccinated anyway but we're we're going to rent it out and watch flash Gordon the the nineteen eighties flash Gordon we're just <laughs> dying to see that it's <laughs> nice. And, and just one, since we're talking about this has nothing to do with theaters. This is my last comment on movies. Uh, I have still not seen the Zack Snyder Justice League, and I still have absolutely no plans to watch it. So I'm just putting <laughs> that out there. What about you, Rob? Theaters, you going to go?
1: Yeah, well, I, it was funny. I had decided that uh, once things opened up here and you we know, were vaccinated, that Black Widow, I was going to go back for Black Widow because I've seen every Marvel movie in the theater, and I was like, I don't want that to change, even though I pay for Disney Plus and the 17 other streaming services that I have. Uh, I was like, I want to see that in a theater. And and I was like, all right, that'll be the perfect one back. But then uh, we were talking about maybe, you know, like, was there a... – and the other thing is there's, like, nothing playing. You know, like, I don't really care about, like, Quiet Place 2 or whatever. Like, whatever. But we happened to see that um, Edgar Wright, the great Edgar Wright, uh, who I love, love every one of his movies, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, all, you know, Scott Pilgrim, you know, all great stuff – uh, he has a documentary coming out about a British band called the Sparks Brothers. And I have no idea who these people are, but I saw the documentary and I saw the trailer and it made me laugh because it's Edgar Wright. Like it's an mm-hmm. Edgar Wrightian kind of documentary. And they're doing a special preview of it this Saturday in Philadelphia. So we're going, uh, oh, So cool. that's going to be our free. We just decided right then and there and I bought tickets. <laughs> and so that's going to be our first movie back since I saw King Kong. Uh, In 1933? Yeah, the 19, I'm very old. The 1933 King Kong. Movies were only 10 cents then. It was quite a deal. Um, but no, we, the, the last one I saw pre-COVID was the, the Fathom Events did King Kong. Uh, uh. And, and it was literally like the next day we started working from home. Like it was oh, wow. like we got it wow. right under the wire mm. and we have not seen a movie since. And like you, Max, Like you were talking about, I just miss the, the, the presentation of it, you know, Mm -hmm. just going to see. And so now I do get HBO max again. I just a fortune in streaming services that
0: I'm paying for. I know when you said 17, I was like, Oh, you, you dropped some. Okay. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) And,
1: and so like kind of what you were talking about, like I'm being more picky because I don't, you know, I am more cognizant of the fact that like, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm vaccinated, which means I am safe from it. But, I also never got a cold in the last year, which was nice, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and yeah. and I'm like, that was kind of cool. And so I'm like, do I need to see The Suicide Squad in the theater when it's available on HBO Max for me? Probably not. I do want to see that movie. It does look like a lot of fun. Starro. But I hated that first movie so <laughs> much that it, even though it's different cast, Margot Robbie aside, and it's different director and clearly different approach, the hangover of that movie is so bad that I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. But I'm seeing Black Widow, and there is no way that I'm going to miss Fathom Events showing. Citizen Kane in September oh. they're showing it for the 80th anniversary that's part mm. of the reason I'm doing the podcast is to match it up with seeing that so I am going to I was like I don't care if we are racked with COVID still in September I'm going to see Citizen Kane and luckily we won't be but mm-hmm. that I'm not missing that no no way no how am I missing Citizen Kane in September
4: yeah I um, Rob I hope you get to do that because um, I know you said you saw King Kong right before the shutdown but I, you know, for many of us, you know, uh, we're not old enough to have seen those classic films on the big screen in the way that they were intended to be seen. And I remember a few years ago, Uh, They brought out, uh, it was some, what was the series? They were doing like an old, uh, like a new month, every, an old movie. And and one month it was Singing in the Rain.
1: Yeah, it's Fathom Events. That's
4: Fathom as well? Okay. Uh, So I went to, and it was right after Debbie uh, Reynolds had passed away. Because they actually were planning on doing Singing in the Rain later on. But they moved it up to kind of like, to celebrate her. Uh, And I went to go see it in the theater. And I was just I'd seen that movie a million times, you know, who, who hasn't seen Singing in the Rain? And I was just uh, blown away by the having the dancing right up in front of me. And I was like, oh, my God, this is just, uh, I walked out just, you know, feeling like Gene Kelly himself. I was like, I, I can't dance worth a damn. But I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing.
2: Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, those are, I, they. last year they were going to do Psycho. For its uh, 60th anniversary, and then they didn't because we uh, were right in the middle of couple, which was a damn shame because I was really looking looking forward to that. But yeah, I was the minute in January Fathom Events said we're doing Citizen Cam, I'm like, That's it. I'm going. I don't care how many masks I got. I'll, I'll I'll wear one of those human bomb suits. I don't care what I need. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. So all right, so we we've been talking for an hour already and we still have a bunch of things to get to. So I think maybe we want to like, do we want to kind of shift on to talk about like wrapping up each a little bit, what we kind of else we want to talk about before we, before we sign off lest this, episode go on for four hours lightning
3: round so um in terms of watching i hope everybody's watching the superman and lois show on the cw because that's really good um uh tying in a lot of um superman stuff and supergirl history which i think is great i've been listening to the um world on fire all-star squadron uh, podcast which is one of my favorite new podcasts and um I'm going to sound like an old man, but I just got Spotify, uh, and so uh, <laughs> it's amazing to me to like go back and listen to all of these songs um, uh, from like the '80s and '90s when I was like a college DJ or just discovering alternative music, um, and uh, and really just uh, immerse myself uh, in a lot of nostalgia. So I would say rapid fire; those are the things that I'm doing, and a lot of TCM. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, no, like uh, like Andrew's saying, I've I've been watching a lot of TCM, especially uh, especially the, uh, Noir Alley, which is uh, oh A. You know, Muller, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, Noir Alley is one of my, I mean Noir in general is one of my sweet spots. Um, I've also been watching uh, TCM Underground. I saw Earth Girls Are Easy a, a few days ago. <laughs> uh, somehow better than I remembered it. Uh, <laughs> um tv i've been catching up on a lot of stuff i i saw lovecraft lovecraft country which is really good mm-hmm. uh queen's gambit uh los spookies uh insecure which is an awesome uh series doom patrol and uh again just to echo Angela uh, uh superman and lois has been uh just great i mean i really enjoy it i'm surprised how much i like it and it's i know a lot of people might uh you know, if you feel like you like the CW shows, just don't do it for you. I can tell you that Superman and Lois is not like any of the other CW shows, and I'm planning to watch DS9 from the beginning. I've never seen it uh, all the way through, so I'm gonna make a, a big watch out of out of out uh, of DS out of DS9. Uh, an hour
0: into the podcast and Ciscoid finally engaged.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's finally listening. Uh, yeah, and we've been, uh, Sandy, my wife Sandy and I, we've also been, we're, we're lucky to be in a city where, uh, theater is, uh, uh, a big, a big deal. It, you know, people love going to the, the theater here. So, uh, uh, the Goodman Theater in particular and Steppenwolf and, uh, the, uh, There's been a a Twin Cities Jazz uh, Festival, uh, WBEZ, which is the NPR uh, station. Uh, The Chicago Humanities Festival. All these people have been streaming uh, plays and short films and stuff like that. So we've been watching a lot of local stuff, which is uh, kind of a neat thing to do. I never thought we would be able to do that during this this time. And, yeah, I've I've just been listening. You know, I, I think I've been wanting... Comfort food (laughs) So I've actually Just recently I've been rediscovering uh, What I was listening to As a teenager Which is uh, Awful Well not awful I still love it Hair metal so nice. and, yeah, yes. so, you singing just, my tune, brother. yeah, man. So it's it's all Scorpions, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, all of that, man. I'm just I'm just shredding on my air guitar like all the time now. I never thought I could love you even more, Max oh. <laughs> <laughs> that that was my bread and butter, man. I was that was what I listened to. Uh, and I've also been getting back into punk. So I've been uh, listening to Dr. No and death and Alice bag and Fea. Uh, and you know, uh, <laughs> this is going to totally screw up my, my, uh, my rep that I just got with uh, with the Scorpions, I have actually been really enjoying uh, Olivia Rodrigo's latest uh, new album. <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's actually pretty good. And yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> I am hearing you talking, and the words "rat ouvre" are in my mind now. That's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what I'm hearing you know, do not come down on Rat. I used to love Rat. <laughs> Cinderella, all of that, all <laughs> there. Oh Lord! Okay,
1: Steve, how can you possibly follow that up?
4: I I don't think I can, but I <laughs> will. I will at least say what I've been watching. Um, I I have a goal, like I try to watch a new movie every week, meaning a movie I've never seen before. So it could be fifty years old. So it's a new movie to me. And, but most of the stuff I've been watching is fairly recent. Like um, a couple weeks ago, I watched. Uh, an Australian film called The Dry starring Eric Bana. And it's a really uh, gritty uh, murder mystery set in like uh, in Australia, but in in like, um, I can't remember the name of the area, but it's like a drought land Uh, and everything is, it's called The Dry because everything is literally dry. Uh, And he returns home uh, to his childhood town uh, and he is uh, getting embroiled in what has what appears to be the uh, murder-suicide of his friend, who kills, who his people are assuming that his friend has killed his wife and child. Uh, so it's a very dark story, and so he begins to unravel the mystery of what happened, and it's a uh, it's fascinating. It's just it's a really great film. I watched uh, the the third Conjuring film recently. Uh, it's, it, I, I'm always uh, entertained by those movies uh, simply because um, I don't—I don't think they're particularly well done, and, and like they're brilliant pieces of horror. But uh, I always enjoy uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera Famiga and they're like—they uh, are totally committed to those characters of Ed and Lorraine Warren. So it's always a, a hoot to watch them together. I watched uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. When it, when it became available on Disney Plus. I'm cheap, so I didn't want to buy it. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's a charming little film. Like, I watched it, and it's definitely Disney, but it it has a really good story, uh, some beautiful uh, animation. Oh, my gosh. There's, and just, it's there's some really beautiful sequences there. But... Are you going to watch Luca? Uh, explain to me what Luca is again.
2: I'm sorry. It's a, I think it's a Disney... Um... It's a collaboration between Disney and the other people whose names I can't remember. Uh, but it's like looks like Little Mermaid Boys, I guess. No. am sorry.
4: I, okay. Yeah. I, I w- <laughs> it sounds interesting. I may take a look at it. Okay. But uh, tonight, I watched uh, In the Heights. Uh, it became mm. available on HBO Max. And... Um, I was watching it and I hesitate in saying too much about a film after I've just watched it because I may still be on that movie high. But Rob, I, I don't know if you remember when we were talking about Citizen Kane in the episode I just recorded. I I mentioned how I, one of the things I I admired about Citizen Kane is that it is a, just from top to bottom, a well-made film. Like everything about it was everyone involved in the film was just had an a game with had was that they're doing their utmost best to create a good film and i was and i very rarely feel that way about a film uh watching it like i i'm usually very critical going into a film that's why people hate going to see films with me because i can i can like uh, be a Uh, a bit too critical uh, for their taste and just, you know, can, can kind of take away their enjoyment a little bit. Uh, (laughs) And I, uh, people like their blissful ignorance and I have to dispel the blissful ignorance sometimes. Um, But, (laughs) (laughs) but um, uh, I, I, you know, and I very rarely feel like a film is like from, from start to finish just a well-made film. And I came out of watching In the Heights and I'm like, there was no part of that that felt wrong or false. Like I watched this and I was like, this is, this is a fantastic film. You know, like I, 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 my opinion may change tomorrow. Like I said, I may still be on that movie high that that just watched it kind of high. Uh, But I, you know, usually that's not a feeling I get, Uh, from a film right away, so I'll I'll have to uh, get back to you on whether or not I actually retain that feeling about it. In terms of TV shows, I started watching Dark over the pandemic, and I've had to watch it in fits and starts because if you ever, if you know anything about Dark, uh, it is uh, time travel, everything is like this big uh, Mobius strip, everything is just overlapping on itself, it's also uh, in German and subtitled. So by the time I was done watching the first season, like I was bleeding out of my eyes and my ears, <laughs>
0: trying
4: could put, put all this together. So I watched the first season and then I had to leave it and like, go start watching like Shit's Creek or something um, just to kind of like cleanse the palate. But I went back into the second season. It, it is so good. It is so well done and smartly written. I haven't gone back into the third and final season yet because, like I said, it's one of those things I'm like, okay, I've got to like, like do my stretches and be ready to, to jump in and watch this thing because it's, it's intense. Um, I also uh, watched uh, Lovecraft Country. I think uh, Max mentioned that. That's a very great series. I, just, I, I enjoyed uh, very much uh, like the stories that were being told there. Um, I recently finished uh, Mayor of Easttown, on HBO Max, really great murder mystery. Um, I, the accents got a little grating after a while because I'm like, okay, you're trying too hard. It was almost like they were they were writing dialogue just to showcase the accents. I'm like, all right, enough, enough. Water, water. water <laughs> yeah, exactly. Water. I'm gonna go to the Wawa and get my hoagie. You know, I'm like, come on. <laughs> And I'm also a big uh, old movie. I'm mean, excuse me, old TV fan. I am a big I Love Lucy fan, and I've been like like I'll just put on like a season of I Love Lucy and let it play while I'm doing stuff around the house. Uh, and the same thing with the X Files. I I'm, I'm like an X Files fan from way back, so I'll do that. So that'll be like stuff I'll have playing in the background. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's been my viewing habit so far. You know, I, I don't think I top Max, but, you know, who can when you bring in hair metal into a conversation?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Falcon and Winter Soldier, even though it's been over for a while and I even did a full episode on it, it's still on my brain. I enjoyed it that much. Started watching MODOK, which I thought mm-hmm. I had no interest in. Uh, I caught it on Hulu. It's, uh, it's like a robot chicken style uh, with MODOK, the Marvel villain. Yeah, Pat and, Oswald. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's on the cusp of being really good. It's like, it's like enjoyable enough, but like I find myself going back more for the voice actors and for like the super deep, deep, deep Mike Marvel uh, minutia that shows up like armadillos in an episode. And you're like, well, what? You know, so uh, <laughs> anyway, it's, it's fun. Uh, I also discovered some mainstream shows, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and New Girl. Uh, I feel like no one on Earth ever watched either one of these shows until I found them. Uh, they're both very funny. I recommend them. You should try them. <laughs> You're welcome for that discovery. Uh, speaking of discoveries, watching Star Trek Discovery season three right now and really enjoying the heck out of it. And the magic is my wife is watching it with me. My mm-hmm. wife is a complete normal person. She has no interest in any of this crap. <laughs> Uh, now, she, of course, she's familiar with Star Trek because she's breathing. Uh, but in general, she doesn't probably remember anything Star Trek since Kirk in the '60s. Not that she was alive for, her, but you know, growing up with it. And uh, I put it on in the room, and now I like—I'm not allowed to watch the next episode till she's with me, which is great. Very excited about that. Tried to watch Lower Decks. Uh, I am—I should say—I'm making my way through Lower Decks. Uh, I'm not loving it, but it's. Every once in a while, there's a gem in there. Uh, I, I'm trying to immerse myself as much Star Trek as possible because really what this all is 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 about waiting for Strange New Worlds because I cannot wait mm-hmm. for that show. I am so excited about that show. Uh, the, Anson Mount, the guy playing Pike, I have like the biggest man crush on that guy. Like He can do no wrong as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. He is a handsome leading man. He is awesome in the role of Captain Pike. I love the whole cast so far for Strange New Worlds. I am so ready for that show. Uh, as far as listening... Uh mainly big finish, you know, a lot of Doctor Who audio dramas, a lot of Blake 7 audio dramas. I would name check up a lot of podcasts, but I'm afraid I'll hurt someone's feelings if I don't mention them show. So let's just assume if you have a podcast, I am absolutely current on everything you produced. So, uh that's me. What about you, Rob? I'll ask you about Citizen Kane minute shortly.
1: I'll uh, tell you all about it. Rosebud. <laughs> uh yeah, no, I well related to that. I mean, I I have I sort of stumbled into I found that because I am producing so many shows and, re- you know, re- doing notes for them and all the stuff that I find it very difficult to sit and watch a movie for pleasure anymore because mm. I'm always like, I should be working on something else. I should be working on the Pod Dylan or whatever. And other than when uh, Kelly and I are watching something together, I'm I, I just find it very hard to block out two hours and just sit and watch a movie for no other purpose other than enjoyment, which is crazy. Cause I mean, you know, that's the part of the idea. And I have sort of stumbled into that again. I don't mean to be plugging my own things, but I've sort of stumbled into that with fade out and that the subjects of fade out have become, because I let the guests pick them. I'm now stumbling into where I'm like, I have to watch a bunch of movies to prep for the show Movies I have never seen before and probably wouldn't get around to seeing, but now I have to watch them because I'm doing prep for the show and I'm exposing myself to movies in a way that I've never had to see. Like, um, and this will be related to my, my personal thing is that I had surgery a couple of about two months ago for a hernia and I was laid up for a full week and the doctor was like, you can't really do much of anything. You have to just rest. And so I was preparing to do an episode of fade out on this guy named William Girdler who made all of these B movies from the from the '70s, he made Grizzly, which is a Jaws ripoff with a bear. Uh he <laughs> the, the Pam Grier movie, Sheba Baby. So I like he did Abby, which is a, a black exploitation sort of version of The Exorcist. So I sat and watched all of these movies in like the space of a week, and I could do it guilt free because I couldn't do anything else. And so I've moved on to that with the next episode of Fade Out is going to be on the director Hal Ashby who did Being There and Coming Home and uh, Bound for Glory and it's it features a guest that I am very excited about so like it's sort of my podcasting and my movie watching have dovetailed to where I'm like okay now I can sit and watch these movies for their own sake but I'm also getting something out of it and that it's research for something else that I'm doing so that's what I've been downing on is is all of these sort of filmographies of people, which is really exciting. Cause I, it's stuff that I would normally probably watch if I had time, but because I'm producing all these other things, I feel like I don't, but now it's, they sort of merge together. So that's been, uh, that's been sort of the, a nice way to my interest of in meeting up. So we're going to move into like talking about our, whatever, per, whatever personal stuff we want to talk about. And like I mentioned, the big thing with me was I had the surgery a little while ago. I have had a, I had a, um, I've had a hernia since I was a teenager. And this was something that was always bothering me my whole life. And just in the fairly recent uh, years, it got a lot worse to the point where I was like, okay, I got it. The doctor checked it. And they were like, yeah, and she showed me. She's like, you got to get a hernia. Now, I realize they showed me the bill for this procedure, and it was like $60,000. Oh, my God. Now, I'm not paying that, uh, luckily, thanks to insurance. I should have – I just said I had you do it. It would have been a lot cheaper. Um <laughs> But I'll give you four comics. <laughs> exactly. Uh here's this uh, Supergirl statue I got. But uh but nevertheless so and it was funny I've never had surgery before. Have any of you guys had uh, have have gone under the
0: knife? Have any of you had to have to do that yet? I have. Yeah, I I had some pretty major and, surgery a couple years ago
4: i had um I had a hernia hernia surgery when I was a child. I was wow. About two wow okay. uh, oh my lord yeah oh. well i was I was born with what is uh what my parents thought was a birthmark at first, and what it ended up being was um a bunch of herniated blood vessels oh uh, wow, and the funny thing is my mom to this day, my dad also doesn't believe this, but I have memories of being taken into the operating room because I was scared out of my mind. And sure. I I kicked the doctor. Uh, and <laughs> I, and uh, I mean, I was a feisty little thing. Uh, and the last memory I have before I, uh, waking up was the mask, the the, uh, the uh, gas mask coming down over my face. And my oh. mom, you were, you were all of two. You can't remember that. And I said, yeah. And I even remember my mom's a nurse. And I said, I remember you taking out the stitches at home. When it was time, and she didn't, like, take them out. I mean, she waited when they were supposed to be taken out, but she didn't feel the need to take me to a doctor to get it done because she could do it herself. Yeah, I, I don't have memory of the pain or any issues with the hernia, but I do remember going in for the surgery, so I know what that's uh, like.
1: Wow. Ange, have you ever been on the opposite side of that?
3: Never on the opposite side. Clean living. Uh-
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I, I was terrified. It was funny. I was not scared of the surgery. I was scared of being put under. I don't know mm. why I have that fear. There's just something very weird to me about being put under. And for some reason, I had this vision of being wheeled into the table, onto the end of the room. And then, like, they put the mask over me and, like, with, like, doctors looming over me with scalpels and stuff. And it was so funny. I mentioned that. I know. It's ridiculous. I mentioned that to my to uh, my pal, Dr. Chris Lewis, who's been on Pod Dylan and uh, MASHcast. And he was like, well, you know, Rob, we really kind of don't do that because we don't want to terrify the patients. So I was like, (laughs) oh, okay." And yeah, they wheeled me in. And luckily, my sister is a surgical nurse and she doesn't live around here anymore, but she has friends with people and she. Kind of like made sure that I had like the best anesthesiologist she knew. Cause, and believe me, you do not want to upset my sisters. I was like, this had to go well (laughs) because she would have hunted them down. And it of course all went perfectly smoothly. And now I've had no pain whatsoever and it's all been great. But that was kind of a big thing because I was really terrified of it for the longest time. And, but luckily, uh, you know, it's over and I've not had one whit of pain since then. And hopefully that will be the only, my father is 88 years old and he's never had surgery in his life. And I was hoping, yeah. Yeah. I was hoping to match that record. Well, not, that's not going to happen. Uh, he's had clean living, apparently like, like, um, but I'm hoping that will be maybe the only surgery I will, I will ever have. And then one other personal thing I will mention just, and it's, I'm sorry to even mention it because we're having fun and it's a little bit of a downer. I will Mentioned that uh, I lost my beloved cat, Frankie, a couple of months ago, uh, one week after the surgery, for Pete's sakes, which was rough. Mm -hmm. April was a sucky month. And, uh, you know, it was very sudden. And it was, you know, anybody who's ever lost a pet knows it's just one of the most... Difficult things to endure because, you know, your special relationship with your animals. And it's the kind of thing where, uh, you know, I know that uh, we have the dog now. We have Pippa and she's a ball of energy and requires a lot of her attention. And, uh, you know, um, it, it hurt for a re- it was very painful. And now uh, we we have her ashes back and I got three pictures of I managed to take three pictures of Frankie one morning sitting on the window sill above our bed, which he loved to do right as the sun was coming up and she squinted into the sun and then opened her eyes and then kind of squinted again. And I imagine you get three shots and then almost looks like comic book panels. <laughs> you can see her eyes moving and they are my favorite pictures of her. And I got them put in a frame as like a triptych. And I have that on the wall and it is now pretty much the first thing I see when I wake up oh, and it makes me happy oh, because nice. I gave her the best life possible Uh, I had her from four months to 10 years, not long enough, but it's the kind of thing where I'm like, well, eventually I will feel good enough again to give a home to some other cats. I'm not there yet, but I will eventually. And, you know, because once you have that room in your heart to Mm -hmm. do that for an animal, you you know, that never closes, you know, you always Mm -hmm. are going to have it the rest of your life. And so I'm just lucky that I got to spend the time I had with her. Uh, you know, and so that, that was the, that was a big, big thing. And, and, you know, that's something that, okay, 2021, will I'll be going out of 2021 without my cat. And that makes me sad, but I had, you know, I got to enjoy her for the time she had. And I feel lucky in that regard. So I you know said, I'm sorry to be such a downer, but that was, it feels almost in, insulting to not mention it. Cause that was the, I will say. The day she died was the worst day of my life, the worst day of my life. And I've had people die around me, but I've never been as devoted as to, to something as I was to that little cat. And so, you know, it's so and I'm, I kind of look at it like, you know what? I can get through anything if I can get through that day. Uh, you know what I mean? So, I mean, good Lord, they canceled Aquaman again. I got past that.
0: <laughs> I mean, geez. It, uh, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a downer, Rob. We appreciate you opening yeah. your card and sharing that <laughs> with uh, us. Yeah. And, no, absolutely. And, and now it's up to Ange to follow that up. There you so, go, Ange. There you go, buddy.
1: You go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Max, yeah.
0: talk about Rat again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or we're letting Ange go next because he's got a cutoff here.
3: Yeah, but I will say we can have Max talk about Rat again because, you know, what comes around goes around. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, man. Okay.
2: Oh, 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 oh.
0: That was the best dad
2: joke. Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Thank you. So, much. Thank you. Um, so I'll just say,
3: personally, for me, um, probably the biggest thing that um, that I've done since the pandemic is I've really started to get into hiking. Um, I started to do a lot of local hiking around some nature preserves um, that are right down the street from my apartment. And what started out as like, oh, I do a half a mile just walk around the small pond is now like this five mile hike that I try to do at least twice a week, up and nice. down a couple of hills. Um, uh, and uh, I really go—I don't have earbuds or anything like that in. It's just sort of me uh, walking out in the woods uh, and. What has happened is that a buddy of mine at work, who is like a like probably could be a you know a guide for hikers, is like, oh, if you're doing this, you should come with me, and we'll do like four thousand footers in New Hampshire. So I've started to um, do some day trips with him and really do some like significant hikes, uh, and uh, I've really just started to enjoy it. I had no idea that I would ever enjoy it as much as I have. So um, that's probably been the biggest like non-geek that I've done. It really helps with uh, you know, keeping um, weight off and, and, and trying to stay in shape. Um, so that's just been fantastic. Um, there, are, Believe it or not, there are Comic Cons that are going to happen this summer. Um, so I've uh, started to prep um, for uh, Terrificon, which is um, sort of the local con that um, I think is sort of the best convention uh, around. Uh, And they're starting to, like, form a a pretty decent guest list. There aren't many um, guests that I haven't seen before at other cons. But um, one of them uh, who I've never met before is Lee Weeks, whose art I really enjoy. Great um, artist. Great artist. Very underrated. Very underrated. So I'm hoping to meet him uh, and see if I can grab a sketch from him. Sort of like the big get. um, uh, At least based upon the guest list now. Um, and then, uh, you know, the hospital is starting to uh, return to normal. My oldest daughter graduated college, so um, I'm dating. So there has been uh, a lot of stuff that's happened over the course of this year, enough that people laugh. But I always say, you know, the last year has kind of been like the best of times and the worst of times. So, uh <laughs> uh but um uh, I'm in a good place, uh and I totally appreciate uh you guys uh being buddies out there uh
1: in uh the internet world and inviting me on these shows you're very welcome by, by the way, I want to say if anyone has ever been to a convention with Angie and you see. <laughs> The amount of comics he lugs behind him—that's how you stay fit, my friend. That is a witness. You could you could do your own fitness program just based on a comic con because it's like carry six long boxes across the convention floor.
0: Yeah. Rob, Rob, Rob missed the whole pre-show because his internet was down. Where we talked about Angie conventions, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is oh,
3: unreal. Yeah, I pack the backpack filled, and then I decant and I refill the backpack to and, and so go back <laughs> wow. in. So I don't have a I don't have a hand truck with long boxes. It's all the backpack, but um, <laughs> it is a, a nimble dance. Uh, How you I've don't done. tip
1: over is just un- unbelievable. <laughs> all right, uh, Steve, uh, what do you what do you uh, want to wrap up with uh, for the personal stuff? Uh, I,
4: I want to go back to what you were talking about, Rob and the cat. Uh, Because I I sent you a letter about this. I had that same experience of having a cat for about 11 years uh, and then having her get sick and die. Um, I had the experience of, this didn't happen during the pandemic, this happened several years ago, uh, but it's leading into something here. Uh, And um, one of the most profound experiences of my life was being there when she had to be put down. Um, and so I, it was the saddest and probably one of the most, uh, uh, like I said, the most profound. And also like, I was grateful to have that moment with her. Um, and for the longest time I could, I feel what you're, what you're feeling, Rob, uh, like you don't feel like you want to take in another pet right away. And I was several years before I took in uh, another pet and that's what happened this last September. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, his a teacher friend of mine's daughter was raising, um, uh, was fostering kittens. And he was posting pictures. This is how devious this man is. <laughs> he was posting pictures of these cute little kittens saying, don't you want to adopt these things? And his daughter was naming them after superheroes. And so that <laughs> caught my attention. And, of course, <laughs> there's this orange male tabby that she names Flash. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Uh, so I was like, I, I texted Jeff and I was like, look, I, I'll take the male tabby. Uh, and so I ended up with, I got him in September. He was the littlest little thing. And I'm like, I'm how, I'm like, I, I was afraid to pick him up because I was afraid I was going to break him. He was that small. Um, I mean, he was old enough to be out on his own and be in litter box. He was just a small cat. He has turned in, he's now a year old uh, and he has turned into a rambunctious little devil <laughs> Who is constantly like always getting into something. And I think he's a low key alcoholic because he is try- constantly trying to knock over the wine bottles I have. <laughs> and, and I'm like, what are you doing? And uh, like, if you break any bottles of my wine, I'm going to like get rid of you, put you out on the uh, screened in ports for good. <laughs> um, uh, but it, it, that has been a wonderful experience. Like, that has a, a, awakened in me, like, uh, a part of me that I didn't know was still there. Uh, just, I, I love this little cat, you know, and it's just like, having that, like, Pet relationship has is, is just been a, a real big uh, boost to me. I've been like keeping in touch with friends. I've said before, I'm uh, really grateful that if this pandemic was going to happen, that it happened during the time where we have the technology where we can stay in contact with one another. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, like if this happened 20 years ago, we would all be screwed. We'd all be like living in caves. I mean, I'm not going I'm exaggerating, but we would have a hard time staying in real contact with one another. But I've had, like, game nights with uh, some buddies from work. I've had uh, some happy hours with other friends and family. And, like, just being able to, like, keep in touch has been a big thing. The main thing that has happened to me in the last couple months is because of the uh, Fire and Water podcast and the network of people who were involved. Um, I've become friends with, uh, with like, obviously Rob and Shag, and I started, like, friending people on social media and whatnot. And uh, I was uh, – Luke Dobb reached out to me at one point because he was seeing that I was posting um, daily Bible readings. I'm an Episcopalian, a Christian and uh he was feeling the need to start a bible study group and he reached out to me out of the blue and was like hey would you like to uh join this bible study some other people who are friends of the network are going to be involved in it and we call ourselves the nerds of prayer (laughs) every two two weeks we we meet on a, a google meet uh uh, platform and we uh, basically we have a scripture that we read and talk about and it's it's interesting because we are you know I've, I've, we're, we're bringing to bear all the sci fi comic book nerdy knowledge that we 've got you know to kind of help us dig into uh the scripture and to get uh something out of it you know that, and, and just an angle that i 've never experienced before and you know and uh, that never would have happened had I not like started binge uh, listening to like the who's who podcast because of the pandemic, you know? Uh, and so all of that has come out of it. So I've, I've actually come out of this pandemic with a lot to be grateful for. And I, I, I it, as much as it has sucked and as much as I want us to go back to normal, I'm like, there are things that have happened because of this pandemic uh, that have like good things that have come into my life because of it. And I, 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 I say that not to downplay all the horrible things that people have been through. I, I, I mean, I don't want to I don't want uh, to like uh, discount that. But I'm like, you know, I've I've been very fortunate and I have a lot to be grateful for. And I've got things now in my life that I wouldn't have had otherwise.
0: That's a great thing to be able to say. That's really beautiful. And yeah. that, uh, that that Bible study group is a really great collection of people. I, it I, is. <laughs> we've, we've communicated a bit about that. I adore everyone in there. So that's fantastic.
1: It also allows the Fire and Water Network to claim we're a church
0: and we're tax free. (laughs) (laughs) Ironically, there is a Fire and Water church who uh, has has tried to throw their weight around a couple times about (laughs) the name. That's That's true.
1: And then, yeah, our our, our network feed went down right after that. Hmm. Uh, uh, All right, so Max, uh, any uh, any final words?
2: Uh, Well, just that I've been. I, I think I've mentioned this on probably other podcasts before, but. Uh, right as the pandemic right before the pandemic hit, uh my wife and I moved into this into the neighborhood that we 're currently in and the apartment that we 're in and we were here for maybe a week before lockdown happened uh, so really what we 've <laughs> what we 've been trying to do is kind of explore this neighborhood that we 've been in for more than a year and don 't know anything about so you know just very um, very gently we 've been easing into uh going to restaurants. Uh, going to use the bookstores again, you know, just trying to be involved with the neighborhood. There's a very, um, there's a very active uh, neighborhood group here, uh, which has been nice to get uh, involved with and uh, just trying to remember what normal feels like. And um, you know, it's, it's been going, it's been going pretty good. I mean, I, I know earlier I said that we probably wouldn't go to a movie before the end of the year but thinking about it, I'm not really sure that's true. I mean, we, we feel a little bit better each time. And, um, it would be great to feel comfortable enough to, uh, you know, get back to something resembling the way things were. Um, and in the meantime, we're having a good time, you know, finding bakeries and, you know, a place where I found really good mole enchiladas and, um, <laughs> you know, just, uh, just stuff like that. And we were very lucky. I've, I've, I know I've mentioned this before. My wife and I, uh, work in publishing and we have been freelancing for a long time. So we were already used to working from home and from being basically in each other's, you know, hair 24 seven almost. And, uh, luckily for us, that made the pandemic, uh, cause you know, you, you hear how people, you know, for some people, it was a strain. For us, it was very fortunate because we had each other to lean on. And uh, just to kind of build off what Steve was saying, you know, doing these podcasts, uh, talking to you guys, being able to talk to my family, all these things, you know, that we wouldn't have been able to do 20 years ago made a huge difference, a huge difference. And, uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, meeting a lot of people in, in person, which I thought was going to happen last year and didn't happen, <laughs> you know, didn't happen. Um, but you know, for, for now, I'm just grateful to, uh, you know, kind of be involved in a way that wouldn't have been possible before. We're so, going to, we're going to make a Moldorama con happen. We're going to do oh, it. Max. Oh, yes. man. Well, you know, actually I'm going to a doctor's appointment, uh, in a few days. And that doctor is not far from the Lincoln Park Zoo, which just, <gasps> which just recently added some new Moldoramas. Do it! So, I want pictures, or it didn't happen. So that is definitely on the list of things to do. I'm, uh, pictu-
1: uh, I'm picturing Max like, and it's like, search for your local provider, and Max is trying to put in like providers close to Moldorama location.
0: United Healthcare is like, what? We can't do that. What are you talking about? I need that
1: podiatrist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Need a gynecologist, but I guess <laughs> 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 so. Uh, all right, well, all right, Shagwell, bring us home.
0: All right, so uh, everyone's been talking about pets. So I, I have an eight year old dog uh, who just got classified as an older dog. So we are now the proud owners of Pet Stairs. Uh, mm-hmm. To help the dog get on the bed, which is embarrassing, but uh, it's all to make him happy. So, uh, on the, also on the personal side, school. Uh, my, you know, Steve talked a lot about school. My daughter's been attending in person for her first year of high school. Just finished that up today as we record was her last day of high school. Wow. My steps, my stepson uh, finished high school a while back, and uh, he's been trying to find his way. But I'm very excited to say he's in tech school right now. He's uh, studying avionics, and he's really taken to it, and that's been very, very exciting. And all this has been done in person, so it's been a very scary year for us as parents with our kids both in person these classes on a personal side you know rob you, you guys launched the fire and water fitness group which i kind of like kick the door and storm my way in and i'm embarrassed to say this past like six months i have been slacking horribly so i'm actually going on the record here talking about this hoping that you guys will help keep me accountable uh i i just can't seem to bring myself to get on the treadmill much anymore it's, it's just a, a lack of like desire so i've I, I want to start that. I need, a, I guess, a mid year resolution. I don't know. Something to get me back out there. So, as far as stressors go, well, the, you always hear the stories about building a house is one of the biggest stressors. Boy, is that true. <laughs> um, we, we, we're in a, in a moving situation. We're, we're, we're moving out of the place where we are. We, we went looking for houses and stuff like that. We, we sold our house years ago. We decided we were going to get something finally. And we ended up going from shopping for houses to rent to shopping to houses to buy to we suddenly we're building a house. Uh, and wow. that is an insanely stressful experience, but hopefully by uh, the end of the year, we'll be in the new house and everything will be great. And the irredeemable chateau will, will will find <laughs> uh, I do find that when I, when I get stressed out too much, uh, I, I, there's a doctor who game I play. It's, it's stupid. It's, 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 I don't know if you've ever heard of this popular game called t- uh, two zero four eight or 2048. It's a mobile game. It's basically like a sliding matching game. I gotta tell you, and I only mention this because we talk about stress relievers and stuff. And the time right now, when things get to be too much for me, that's literally what I do. I like focus on my tablet and just do this because I'll start playing, and like an hour and a half will pass, and I'll look around and be like, "What just happened? Where'd that time go?" So sometimes you just need to, you know, really disconnect from the world for a while, and that's really helped. Max, I'm glad you brought up the working from home situation because I've I've worked from home for about eight years now. And my wife and I always joke that if we ever had to work together, we'd probably kill each other. And so with her working from home for the past year, we were very afraid how that would turn out. And it has been amazing. This has been one of the probably the best year of our marriage. We are so much closer and it's a stronger marriage and healthier than it's ever been. That's not to say we don't have bad days. Everyone does. But it's, it's just been wonderful for us. And I'm just so happy about that. And I'll close this out on a geeky note. Uh, I went to an in-person comic convention or nerd convention this past weekend. So oh. here in my local town, they had a, a convention. Uh, you guys may know who juried all of Breck, the yard sale artists from the Longbox Crusade Network. Sure. He – um what's the best way to say this? Home invasions my house every time there's a convention here. <laughs> so uh, he came in, crashed here for the weekend, and I was like, well, I wasn't going to go. But you know what? Jared uh, Alright So we, I went My daughter went with me For a little while And uh, it was fun It was really nice Being out amongst the geeks again And ran into some old friends And about, I would say About 80% of the people Were wearing masks It was required And of course It was the 20% who didn't But the 80% Of the people did I was really happy to see that You know Of course we were ours Because you know It's been a long The last geek convention I went to Was Boston Fan Expo With you Ange That's the last Geeky convention I went to uh, In 2019 So it was really fun To be there and, and I'll close it out with one other story, which just sort of kind of wraps up the pandemic here. So I mentioned Boston Fan Expo is the last geeky convention. Uh, the last actual convention I went to, that was for my daughter in March of 2000, like literally five minutes before the world went into lockdown. We went to this convention. And Rob, I know I told you about this thing at the time. Yes, I tried to describe reason you, you refused to meet with me when I was in Florida. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. 13,000 screaming teenage girls at this convention, all packed into one hotel. It was like watching Beatlemania. These girls chase some of the quote-unquote celebrities that were there. And and at the time, I kept trying to describe it to all my friends. I'm like, it's kind of like a YouTube thing, but it's not. It's just kind of – it's a video. It's like a YouTube. I don't know. And I couldn't describe it. 13,000 screaming girls running around after all these quote-unquote celebrities. And now, here we sit a year later, and I can tell you, Rob, that convention – was a TikTok convention, and now everyone knows what that is, which is kind of oh, funny. Wow! That a year later, I went to this thing, couldn't describe it, and now everybody knows exactly what it was. <laughs> and it was it was crazy being there a year ago. So literally, we all knew the pandemic was coming, and we we're using hand sanitizer like crazy, but no one was wearing masks yet. It's mm-hmm. it's it's hard to fathom that just you know a little more than a year ago, I was doing something like that.
1: When you go to a comic con, I mean, everybody's going to have masks on because it's like they're cosplaying, so. It will work out.
0: <laughs> I purposely bought a comic book mask while I was there. I got one that uh, uses fabric from all the Marvel trading cards in the in the eighties and nineties. I love it. Oh,
1: nice! I look forward to going back to Comic Cons. We, I last year we talked about I wanted to do more this year, and of course in twenty twenty I did none. So hopefully we can get we can get back to that. So all right, so we've been talking for a long time. There's so much more to say, but I think we'll we'll wrap it up here, guys. Uh, Ange, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it.
4: Thank you for having me. I, uh, again, this has been fantastic. And I, uh, this is my third show now, so I'm happy to you know, keep coming back anytime you want me to.
0: You get a free yeah. sandwich if you get to five. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for the invite. Um, I think I'm uh, scheduled to appear on the network a couple of times coming up soon. Uh, and, Max, if you start Mirror Factory back up, um, I've got a couple of books I'd love to chat about.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah, awesome to this- we'll talk. This whole show has just been a big booking thing for
0: me. <laughs> Earlier, uh, when Steve was talking, you may, if you listen back, you'll hear his phone go, ding. that was me actually messaging him to book him for JLI. So there we go. <laughs> amazing. Oh,
1: amazing. So uh, again, well, thanks guys, Max. Of
2: course, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Right. Um, you know, I love these conversations.
0: Um, and It uh, was great. It was great, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. This was an absolute blast. It's great to just catch up with friends. Yeah, absolutely. Totally, so, absolutely,
1: So of course everybody You can find all our shows on our network uh, Finewaterpodcast.com Don't get scared if the site looks different Every time you look at it we're working on it And, uh, <laughs> and uh, of course uh, You can follow us over on Twitter At FWpodcast So that's going to do it Let us know how you've been doing uh, in this last year since we did the meanwhile and hopefully if we decide to do another meanwhile uh, at that point we won't be talking about a pandemic at all and it'll just be a catch up with uh, a bunch of us and that will be a lot of fun so uh, that's going to do it thanks everybody for listening and uh, until next time I guess we should say uh, fan the flame and
0: ride the wave